Welcome, everybody, back to the Blue Stable Podcast. It is myself, Michael Pevia. Joined by me is Landon Oliver today. And, man, it is another great day. And it is a, it is a big week here in, in Colts land, Colts Twitter, or Colts X, rather, man. I got to get used to saying that. Colts X world and everything. Jonathan Taylor has returned, had a full walkthrough. He's practicing more. He was available to the media today. We'll definitely get into that. But before we do all that, my man, Landon, had some days to digest that loss on Sunday. Some very positive things, some worrisome things, but mostly positive, right? Especially the second half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, I don't know in the NFL if there's ever really like, good losses or bad wins. I mean, a win is good and a loss is bad. That's that's really all that matters. But the good news, if you do want to take away some stuff from that, is, you know, the Colts battled back. Anthony Richardson, you know, really put this team on his back in the second half and made some phenomenal plays. Um, obviously, the throw to Alec Pierce, the, you know, the big runs in the red zone, um, some really good schematic things they did down in the red zone. So they're scoring touchdowns at a – really high clip in the red I believe they're fourth they're top five in red zone percentage in scoring so which is a huge departure from wherever they were last year but um yeah I mean it's always good to see you know a team that gets down like that really fight and battle back and uh, have a chance to win the game and you know it just didn't go their way you know they didn't make you know the plays needed to secure the victory but that's part of being a young team uh, defensively, things are a little worrisome, um, you know, as far as that goes, especially now with the injury to Dallas Flowers. The way the secondary has been playing, you know, this season, I'm, they're tied for first in the most explosive passes giving up, <laughs> given up in the NFL. Um, so they've really got to tighten down that back end. Um, you know, this – I know we talked about it before the show, and then we talked about it last week on the show. The Sean McVay offense was really built around attacking a cover three scheme, kind of what Gus Bradley is known for. And you really kind of saw that play out. And, you know, I thought the Colts going into this, the chance that they had to win was oh, – that's my watch. Um, you know, the chance that they had to win was Gus Bradley was going to have to mix it up and, um, you know, maybe throw some – some blitzes at Stafford, maybe put some press coverages, get in these wide receivers' faces, make them fight. And they didn't do that. And you kind of just saw Matt Stafford and Sean McVay just put on a clinic on how to carve up his own defense. So uh, that's something to look for going forward. Hopefully things will change. You know, we, we have seen the ability for Gus Bradley to kind of step out of that comfort role like he did in Baltimore. So, um, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. But, yeah, tough loss especially whenever you're in a tight AFC, right? It seems like nobody's really pulled away in the AFC outside of like Buffalo and Miami. Um, right now, Kansas City, of course, is always going to be there. But, you know, outside of those three teams, everything seems to be really wide open. So curious to see how uh, the division race goes this weekend and if the Colts can get, you know, put their foot down and get back on top. I, I agree. It, it it was unfortunate to hear about Dallas Flowers, who officially was ruled with an Achilles injury. He's out for the year. We, we kind of figured that's what it was in real time because it was like the play had just started and boom, he goes down. Like that's usually the area where the Achilles happens. Uh, is it a turf issue? I don't know. I know there was something put out earlier in the week by the NFLPA that you know if they were going by turfs. In the NFL, they they rated Indy as one of the worst. Now, you know, we'll, we'll, that's a later discussion. Do you want turf? Do you want grass? What do NFL teams do? We'll get to that later when it's a when it's a much bigger conversation in the NFL. But that is going on. You're already a little bit thin and inexperienced at corner. Darrell Baker. Now, now does he get? Uh, is he no longer going to be a healthy scratch anymore? Is he going to start playing more? Because Shane Steichen and them, they've already said, hey, man, didn't play well week one, so we're going to start making you a healthy scratch. Juju Brents has returned, so where do they go from there? But we're here to talk about this week, the Tennessee Titans and Jonathan Taylor returning. We'll get into this first. Jonathan Taylor has returned. Now, we all should be excited about the uh, 
about the opportunity and the realistic outcome of what could be an AR and JT backfield. We've talked about it a lot. Hell, you harped on it so much in the pre-draft process of what a guy like Jonathan Taylor could mean and do for a guy like Anthony Richardson. And it's almost, it's building up to that this Sunday. But I do want to talk about what was going on with that media availability earlier. Landon, look, if there was ever a time for that Marshawn Lynch meme to come back out, I'm here so I won't get fined. This was that. This was exactly that. Shout out to his PR team for prepping him for these questions and, you know, generating that response from him. Already pre-planned responses and all that. It was Some of it was funny, but if you paid attention very closely, Jonathan Taylor was obviously annoyed by some of the questions that he got. He did not want to talk about it. He did look like, to me, did not look like he even wanted to be there talking to the media. That's just how it came off. But there was a big focus on him returning, taking care of his teammates, playing football, excited to be back playing football, and wants to beat the Titans this this Sunday. So, Landon, what, what was your takeaway? If you have one, what was your takeaway from this media availability from Jonathan Taylor? There was a lot of questions really wanting to get a, a quote from Jonathan Taylor about his contract negotiations or the lack thereof, the trade proposal or the trade request that he's made and the failure that has not really happened on that front. What what is what was your analysis from that? Oh well my main takeaway is that he's one hundred percent healthy and he's there and ready to be a uh a contributing member of the team. So uh, <laughs> I think he repeated that line about a million times in that interview. Um, in big picture that's probably what matters the most. Yeah, I mean yeah you've you want the guy to be healthy and ready to go. And it seems like he's there as he mentioned, you know, a hundred times in that interview. It's all he talked about, but yeah, I mean, it, it you know, it just kind of is what it is at this point. It's, you know, unfortunate things do seem to have gotten better, you know, at least behind closed doors, but I mean, I don't know what anybody was really expecting, you know, in that conf- like conf- I mean, it's it was going to be like I thought about this earlier is it, it was going to be the exact opposite of Chris Ballard's press conference where Chris Ballard just came out and laid it all out there and it's like, hey, yeah, this sucks for the Colts, it sucks for Jonathan, it sucks, you know, it's a bad situation, things aren't good, but you know, things can be repaired and we'll work towards repairing that. Um and, you know, he got into all that. And, like, this was the exact opposite of, of Chris Ballard. You know, Jonathan Taylor was not going to talk about anything, you know, that was not related to him being healthy and that he is now here and practicing. Um, you know, so so kudos, you know, for to Jonathan Taylor for stepping up to the plate and, you know, being available for the media to talk to, even though he didn't answer any of their questions. Um you know, at least, <laughs> at least he was there and, and kudos to him for, you know, being a professional and not continuing the holdout, which I think of course, um, big picture wise, as we've talked about for months, like there was never really an option for him, but to kind of play it, how it played out, you know, go on pup, but eventually, you know, by about week, week six or so, like it was, it was going to be about time for him to play. Uh, he's he was gonna have to play to get that accrued season to get his money for the year, um, all that kind of stuff, and we see that happening now. So, yeah, he's back on the field. The only thing that really matters at this point is just what happens on Sundays and what happens on the field. Um, I'm a little worried now that he's playing. That you know he might get a little uh, banged up. And, and have to miss a little bit more time. But, um, I mean, it's it's a, it's a rough situation. We'll see where it goes. But the only thing that we really need to focus on now is the fact that Jonathan Taylor is there. He's healthy. He's going to be playing football again for the Indianapolis Colts. And 
undoubtedly that means good things for, you know, Anthony Richardson and this Colts offense because we know just what a dynamic and great player that he is. Yeah, I I, I agree with you on, on a lot of that, man. I mean, we've talked about it in depth, obviously. I think a lot of people have talked about it in depth about what would be the outcome when it came time for him to be activated off PUP. And, you know, what other options does he have? You know, if he's just going to sit out, then he's just going to be fined a lot of money. And we're talking about possibly millions that he would be fined this season in total. So if you're sitting there fighting for more money, I don't think the smart decision would be to sit out and lose a lot of money. So that's obviously a bad business play, a business tactic. But if he's going to be here, man, like I think we all agree about the notion that if you're going to be here, Jonathan, like, man, just be about football, be about the team and try not to create negative energy. Try not to create negative energy on the sideline and the locker room. Just try to be here and just be a professional. Go out there, do your job. And then when January comes, hell, just tell the Colts you don't want to be here anymore or say, hey, can we work something out? You know, we'll, we'll. See what football is like, and then in January, see what it's what it's about. I'm excited that he is going to be playing. We'll we'll wait for final confirmation from Shane Steichen tomorrow to see if he'll be playing. Uh, but 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 I'm excited again. Like you said, <laughs> good job on him for doing the media, even though he didn't answer any of their questions. And I think we I told you this before. We started recording that one of the things that made me laugh, I started laughing. Uh, Somebody had asked him during this whole process of what you have said and what you have done, would you do it again? And Jonathan Taylor, and and when they asked that question, they're talking about tweeting out about the supposed back injury, requesting a trade. Uh, changing agents and all that, all that stuff that has gone on in in this whole debacle the last four or five months. That's what the reporter was alluding to. Would you do that again? Jonathan Taylor then responds, "Oh, would I do everything I've done to get healthy? Oh, yes, I would." <laughs> like that? What? Man, I was just laughing at that. I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. They they prepped him very well for, for that. Oh, yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's always been really savvy. He's yeah. always been really good at kind of like avoiding saying anything while talking. Um, what I, I've always thought was funny about this is like he's gone out of his way to avoid it, you know, and to avoid talking about anything and all that stuff. Yet he was kind of the one that created the circus, you know, around everything, you know, with the agent. And, you know, some of his likes on Twitter and stuff. Tweeting out a couple things, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like, he's definitely added fuel to a really hot fire there for a few months. And it's, you know, but he also did say, which I agree with completely, is, you know, the only people that matter in this whole situation are the people that are inside that building. And that's, you know, Chris Ballard, Jim Mersey, Shane Steichen, the guys in the locker room, including Jonathan Taylor. Those are the only people that really matter in this whole situation. And, you know, I'm never going to fault a guy for keeping things, you know, in-house. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to fault him either, especially if you're in the season, right? And that's what I kind of talked about. When you get in the season, let it be about football, man. Don't let this cloud hang over you or anything like that. Create negative energy. So now when – when if and like you said, if there's anything you took away from this game or this – uh uh, press conference is that Jonathan Taylor is a hundred percent healthy. And if he is a hundred percent healthy, he should be out there this Sunday. Right? So we'll, we'll wait for official confirmation on Friday, possibly Saturday. I mean, there's a difference between being in good shape and being in football, football shape. shape. Right? Yeah. Those are, those are big differences. And this is a guy who hasn't practiced since December of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's, what do you think? What do you think the odds are that Shane Steichen announces he's a game time decision? Oh man, I mean, game time decision? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I would, if I was a betting person, I'd probably bet on him not playing this Sunday and mm. suiting up next week. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's and plus too, I mean, like he's missed, uh, he's missed all the reps, not just like 
some of the reps. He's missed all the reps in this. Hasn't practiced. Season. Hasn't even gotten yeah. hit. Yeah, but like, so I mean, you you sit and wonder, like, you know, are mental reps good enough for him watching? Um, maybe for a guy that good, you know, it's possible. Maybe. But um, yeah, I mean, this is you know, new quarterback, new head coach, completely new scheme. Um, hasn't even right. He hasn't even ran any practice plays in in the yeah, new scheme except so. today. Yeah, today he yeah this is his first practice run. Right. So um, yeah, although yeah, he's a hundred percent healthy and you know health wise, as far as that goes, like we don't know kind of where he is as far as in terms of being conditioned for a football game and to be able to go out there and take the punishment that we know running backs take. Um, so yeah, I would bet on him probably not playing this week. But possibly getting some reps next next. Okay, so I so I would be, sh- I, I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm counting on Shane Steichen announcing Jonathan Taylor as questionable for this for this game. That's just my hunch, and then they'll just like say, okay, hey, he'll be he'll be out, he'll be out. You know, he'll be a healthy scratch or whatever. He'll be a healthy scratch. They'll give him another week to to you know get get things going again, like you said. Get get some practices in, get some you know reps in, get all that stuff in, because because it, it's crazy to be off out of football activities for eight months and then come right back in live action, no preseason action, not even joint practices, just straight live action. So the, so I'm I'm counting on it maybe being questionable. Now in terms of just the game, let's go ahead and move things along here, going to the game. There's some things about this game that, that are pretty interesting. Obviously, we know the big addition for Tennessee was DeAndre Hopkins already, I believe, at 215 receiving yards, no touchdowns yet. Hopefully that stays that way. Man, I probably probably jinxed us. Probably going to have two touchdowns on Sunday probably. But hopefully I didn't, okay? The arch nemesis, Ryan Tannehill, not a lot of people like him. Not a lot of people think he's very good, but he tends to just play his game whenever he plays Indianapolis, all right? What are some things defensively, Landon, in this game? AFC matchup, AFC division matchup, obviously going to be heated. Both fan bases do not like each other. But coming into this game, you really want to you're, – you're almost to the point where you're just sick of losing to the Titans. You're sick of losing to them, okay? Defensively, okay, you, you got guys over there. You got Traylon Burks, obviously. You got DeAndre Hopkins. Derrick Henry is going to be playing in this game, in case anybody ever had any questions about that. What are some things defensively you want to see the Colts do in this game on Sunday to, to avoid Derrick Henry getting going, having an all-time game, you know, doing what he does? What are you, some things you want to see them do to come out on top? Well, really, it, it just starts up front, and it starts with the defensive line and stopping the running game. And it's not just Derrick Henry now that you have to stop as well. I mean, they, they drafted a pretty – Pretty good guy out of the backfield there from Tulane, uh, who's who's played really good, you know, as a rookie. So, um, you know, stopping both of those running backs, I think, and kind of putting the onus on Ryan Tannehill because I mean, it's not just losing to the Titans either in this game. They they've lost seven home games in a row. So, you know, the past seven times they've played at Lucas Oil Stadium in front of their home fans, they haven't won. Now. The good news is, I guess, That's Tennessee rough. has been absolutely awful on the road. So it's kind of like an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. <laughs> you know, it's like the Colts are not good at home. The Titans are not good on the road. Which one of those things changes on Sunday? Um, but as far as, you know, getting this offense up and rolling, their passing game, especially on the road, their road splits are terrible. Um, so you have to start up front and – Maybe that means blitzing a little more. Maybe that means, you know, clogging those lanes and hopefully, you know, DeForest Buckner's back because you could definitely tell how much they missed him last week. They sorely missed DeForest Buckner. And I still think as good as he is and as good as people think he is, I still think he's one of the most underrated players in football because he completely changes the dynamic of this entire defense. Um so, it's like when he came to Indianapolis, everybody just forgot about him. Everybody sung his praises in San Francisco, but when he came to Indianapolis, like he just suddenly is not in the top three of defensive tackle list anymore. And well, San Francisco it, was a team that was going to the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship, and the Colts were 
not in the playoffs. So right. <laughs> that, tends, that tends to happen whenever you don't win a lot of football games. Um, I mean, if if he's healthy, I think it's a big step forward for this entire defense. But yeah, especially this defensive line. You you've got to like it starts up front. You got to stop the running game. You have to make Tannehill a drop back passer, um, and really kind of avoid that play action where you're just terrified of Derrick Henry and it brings those linebackers up and Tannehill is able to just eat the middle of the field. Um, and, and another area I think too, like Tannehill has quietly just absolutely murdered the Colts on is running the football. Like he, for some reason, every time I see Ryan Tannehill and the Titans play the Colts, Ryan Tannehill converts so many third downs with his legs because the Colts just do not cover him. And he's a guy that is like, I don't even want to say sneaky athletic. I mean, he was a wide receiver converted quarterback whenever he was drafted. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, this guy's got really good athleticism and he kills the Colts on those scramble drills constantly. So yeah, I think that's something you've really got to look out for. You've really got to not let them, you know, get good yardage early on in the down. So like if you can make it third and long, um, and make Ryan Tannehill be a pure, you know, be a pocket drop back passer. I think you, they can have a lot of success in this game. I, I agree. And, it, and in the past, the pass rush just hasn't really been that good. It's always, you know, we've always looked at DeForest Buckner, but he's always getting double and triple teams. So there's not much he can do. And then Quiddy Pay has been young. Dio Dengwo has still trying to return to form after an Achilles injury in the draft process. A couple misses in in the draft, you know, guys like Ben Banigou and Taekwon Lewis, not really a bust, but just suffered more bad injuries in back to back years. So just all of that stuff working against the Colts, it, it costs you sometimes. But Quiddy Pay is coming along just fine. Dio Dangbo is getting better. DeForest Buckner, hopefully, he comes back. Samson Ibukam is definitely coming on. He, he's really good in both the run and the pass game. So. I'm 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 curious to see what Gus Bradley's approach to this game is because normally, just like 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 last year, oh hey, you know, gotta stop Derrick Henry, man. But now you got DeAndre Hopkins out there. Traylon Burks is coming along a little bit. He's coming along. A lot of people thought he would be a bust. Coming along a little bit, okay. He, he's making some plays here and there. There's some things now that you got to account for. Dallas Flowers going down means you're down a guy in the secondary. Do you? In your opinion, is this a game where you challenge your early second round pick and say, "Hey, you know what? All game, you got you got the assignment of DeAndre Hopkins. Are you personally landed? Would you go to Juju Brent and say that is your assignment today? Follow him around, no exceptions. Um, probably not. Honestly, I think um, you know Gus Bradley's never really done that either. Even with Rich, like that was one of the criticisms for Richard Sherman, which was. It's a stupid criticism, but it was just, you know, he never followed the the team's alpha receiver. He always stayed on his side of the field, um, and he locked that whole side down. I mean, you basically didn't want to throw on his side of the field. But, yeah, so, so teams would kind of move their guy, you know, over and away from Richard Sherman and try to attack. But even then, you know, you'd have Richard Sherman locking down one side of the field, but then on the other side of the field you would have – Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, and Byron Maxwell. Yeah, well, Brandon Browner. um, Brandon Browner as well, yeah. Yeah, with with the Legion of Boom. Um, And and those are three pretty damn good players covering (laughs) half the field because Richard Sherman's got the other half. So um, that's what made it so successful. And the Colts, obviously, I don't think they have anybody yet that's even close to that caliber for any, you know, either of those guys. Um, It's just such a young secondary. They're just – you know, the good news is Kenny Moore has played absolutely just out of his mind this season. So it's been great to see him get back, um, you know, contract year, things like that tend to happen. So good for Kenny for showing out. Hopefully he gets paid. Um, but, man, I would honestly just keep developing, you know, Juju where he's at. Let him get comfortable working one side of the field um, and really try not to put too much on his plate. Uh like I said, the good news is the Titans passing game has been just abysmal on the road. Um, and it's 
you know, their offensive line as well has a ton of. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Problems. Um, which we said the same thing about the Rams last week. So <laughs> we'll see how this goes. I think that's kind of the next step for this defense, you know, outside of, you know, the the defensive backfield, like the the corners and safeties and stuff. I believe the Colts have allowed tied for the most explosive plays allowed. That's passes over 20 yards. Uh, they've given up the most 20-yard passes in the NFL. So, um, and that's even with the defensive line, you know, playing relatively good for three out of the four games, uh, you know, being really strong. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but it's going, I was kind of saying it's, it's really kind of a toss up because the Titans have been really bad on the road, but the Colts have not been good at home. So something's got to give and hopefully, you know, this team's able to rally behind the fans and go out there and put on a good show. And, and you know how it always goes, Landon. Oh, so-and-so doesn't do this well. They don't do this. They can't do this. But when they play Indianapolis, all of a sudden they can do that exact thing. So hopefully it's a different a different outcome this Sunday. Let's switch over to the offense. AR coming back. Hopefully we see Ryan Kelly coming back. Bernard Ryman, not necessarily. We'll, we'll steal. We want to see where he's at first. But I'm not entirely sure if he's going to play. So that, that's going to suck, first of all. Got Harold Landry out there. You got Jeffrey Simmons, Nico Autry. They got some guys out there. And Tennessee, obviously, defensively, I, I think they've improved from where they were last year. Because again, Mike Rabel defense. Come on now. Very, very solid coach. For the offense, okay. We we discussed it already. We we're not sure if Jonathan Taylor is gonna play in this game, but hypothetically, let's just say he's ruled out. Let's just say he's he's ruled out and he doesn't play. What is your approach in this game, attacking this Titans defense? What is your approach? What are you asking Anthony Richardson to do? Uh, well, it's, to me, it's super simple what you, what you want Anthony Richardson to do in this game. The Titans, I believe, are one of the worst. I know I said like the Colts have given up the most passes, you know, of 20-plus yards, but I believe the Titans are actually one of the worst. I think there might be 30th graded defensive backfield as far as explosive plays allowed. Um, so they've given up also on the flip side, a ton of explosive plays in the passing game. Um, so if there was ever a week for Alec Pierce to make his presence known, I mean, this is it that like this, this is it. You can talk about all the analytics with Alec Pierce and, you know, all the, the grades and the yards per, catch and yards per route run and all this stuff but look man football's not played on a spreadsheet football's played on the on on the field and he has got to show up on the field like and, and until he does that in a game setting there are questions on who he is and you know what he can do on game days and if there's ever a week for him to just absolutely demolish you know a, a team and 
it, it's this week. They give up a ton of explosive plays, and he is absolutely built to attack what the Titans' weaknesses are. So I'm, I'm running Alec Pierce. Um, running Drew Ogletree down the seams. I'm probably going to use, I'm probably even using Josh Downs a little bit, um, you know, having him split, you know, the slot and split some of these seams and stuff. So um, I, I'm completely, I'm attacking their secondary and I'm letting Anthony Richardson air this thing out all day long. I think you can mitigate, you know, some of the sustained drives and stuff like that with the running game. Even if Jonathan Taylor hasn't played, I mean, we've seen how good Zach Moss has been. Uh, Zach Moss has been phenomenal. And that's, you know, what I also want to add to this is everybody's so excited about Jonathan Taylor coming back for Anthony Richardson. But now you add Jonathan Taylor element to what Zach Moss has already been doing this season as well. And then you had Anthony Richardson in the backfield. You have a three-headed monster there at running, you know, running the football. And it's you're not going to be able to give defenses a break. Like, you know, defenses are able to get a break when a guy like Trey Sermon comes in. They're not that worried. Um, now you go from Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor subs out. You got Zach Moss coming in, who's been phenomenal this season. And then you also have Anthony Richardson to worry about. So, you could absolutely, you know, grind games out, but um, and, and I expect them to do that. I expect them to run the ball effectively, you know, especially if JT plays. But even if not, I think um, the Titans have a top five run defense in the league. You know, they're phenomenal at run, you know, stopping the run. But I think you kind of have to get Anthony Richardson out, you know, attacking the outs, you know, the the edges of the field, and uh, you know, make these guys think a little bit. But once once they kind of just start to think a little bit about Anthony Richardson running the ball, I'm just, you know, bombs away. Like, you know, what's that old Outcast album, Bombs Over Baghdad? Like, that's I'm going bombs over Lucas Oil Stadium this weekend. Like, I'm just I'm dropping nukes. Man, Landon coming in with the good music references right here, man. Oh my gosh. Look, I think and what you said about the Titans' defense is, is right. They do have a weakness. It's their secondary. Their run defense, though, man, Jeffrey Simmons does it all for them. But there's other guys that help with it as well. And Harold Landry is really good at crashing that edge and really keeping that contained and not really letting that tackle get it, take advantage of him. He, he keeps that on lockdown. Gibbons in the middle, their linebacker. I've watched a couple of the games, especially the one I believe against the Saints. Had a really good game against the run. Alvin Kamara didn't do too much in his game back uh, in the rushing department, but obviously he can do multiple things in the passing uh, area as well. So it's going to be tough. Re literally when you were getting on it, before I even asked the question, I'm just like, man, I already know where I'm going to go with this. But I thought Alec Pierce as well, he has the most targets downfield on, on the entire Colts roster. So he, he has the most targets. Now, catch it, that's another thing. But targets, they're always looking to get him going in that area of the field. And this is that game. Drew Ogletree, he's also back. Uh, well, he's been back. But is Jelani Woods going to be back? We'll, we'll see again. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get in more on that from Shane Steichen tomorrow. But, man, I, I'm excited for this. I'm excited to see Alec Pierce finally have that game, just get some consistency going, whether if it's the DB making a good play, him just straight up dropping the ball, Anthony Richardson overthrowing. It just hasn't necessarily gone his way this year. So can this be the game where you get Alec Pierce involved, you get him two, three targets, maybe even more, downfield, would love to see it. Can he come, come down with a few of those? Would love to see it. Can we get him going finally? You don't have any worries about Michael Pittman. Can he have a big game? We, we know he can. But like you said, Pierce, I'm excited to see if we can use Kylan Granson, you know, get him in a mismatch on one of those linebackers in, in, that, in that defense. I'm looking there. I just want to see some more consistency offensively in sustaining drives. No more quick three and outs. No more get a first down. But oh man, we don't know what to do afterwards. And you know, three straight incompletions. I, I want to see more consistency a little bit. I want to see an offense that's getting better, that's improving. It, it's tough when you're going against a guy like Jeffrey Simmons in the middle and other guys that they have. It it's tough. It makes it a little bit tough. But this is a division game. There's a these teams. Have a lot of pride in this game. You get up a little bit more when you're a Tennessee Titan player and you're facing the Colts. When you're a Colts player and you're getting up for the Tennessee Titans. 
a little bit different. It's a little bit more mojo going into this game. Both teams are getting a little bit more physical. Hopefully, DeForest Buckner is going to be back. Man, Colts have had some bad injury luck when the Titan Tennessee Titans come to town or when they have to go to Tennessee, man. I don't know why it happens. I don't know why. Is it the football gods? I, I have no idea. But hopefully, he's back in this game, and we can have that one-two punch of them having Jeffrey Simmons. We can have DeForest Buckner. I'm excited to see what this game is going to be like. Hopefully, as long just don't be like in last week's first half, right? Be anything but last week's first half offensively. You just can't have that at all. Protect the football, run the ball effectively, get first downs, sustain drives, get in field goal range, get touchdowns. That's what I really want to see. And, of course, that's easier said than done, especially when you have a rookie quarterback. There's going to be those things that, oh, he has a great play. But then the next play, he's just going to be very bad. Like, it, it happens, even though there's been few bad plays from Anthony Richardson. He's done very well this season. So that's yeah, where I'm good, at. The good news is for the Colts is they're third in the NFL in red zone touchdown percentage. So they're, they score a touchdown 73% of the time they're in the red zone, which is – very good. Right right where Miami is at. So, <laughs> you know, just to show you, like, once they get into the red zone, they're extremely effective at scoring. And a lot of that has to do with Anthony Richardson, with the use of his legs, obviously scoring a touchdown in four straight games, you know, a rushing touchdown. And then, you know, also he's able to do it with his arm mm -hmm. uh, and just make some plays. So uh, if they can just, like you said, sustain those drives – get themselves into position to be in the red zone. They're really good at, you know, capitalizing on being in the red zone and converting those into touchdowns. Yeah. Another note on Anthony Richardson, just, just start learning to slide, start learning to slide. You don't have to go for the full 17, 16. It's okay to take a 12 yard, 12 yard rush, 10 yard rush. Cause last week, man, it was still, and, and I, I even asked you the question last week. Anthony Richardson coming back, do you kind of keep the ball out of his hands, don't let him run? And and, and you said, like, no, I, I think you still get him going, and that's what they did. And and just take some – fall down. Just fall down, okay? We, we don't want to have those issues yeah, he, he early. Did, he did slide. He did, uh, slide. he did slide. And it, and it looked good, too. It was a good – Hey, man, slide. It, it was a lot better than Andrew Luck's slide. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, it was a pretty slide. So he, he has the capability of it. I think, I think you'll see it you know, kind of start to happen. I think he'll get, get to that point. But, start to understand the importance. But I think also too, at that point, um, you know, as opposed to like last week, you know, they were fighting their way back from a big deficit. So every little thing, you know, mattered at that. Trying, point. Yeah. Like, trying, trying to, to get, get momentum and yeah, that, yeah. So I can, it's easier I can said understand. than done. You can yeah, practice yeah, it. So I can understand, but yeah, I mean, if they've got the lead and, you know, I agree completely. Like, you know, instead of getting 16, you know, get 13 and just slide. Don't take that big hit. Um, yeah. And and we'll see. Hopefully, you know, everything's good to go. He he, he really did. He he looked phenomenal last he week. Did. Some of the plays he made are just special. Like, in, and you can see where, like, if, if they can just continue this path that he's on and he's able to grow and really play more consistently within the structure of a passing game and, you know, because right now it's really, you know, he's making all these big plays, you know, mm -hmm. out of the pocket or on a scramble drill and we're getting, you know, hit by Aaron Donald and he's <laughs> throwing, I mean, just what, what a freak throw that was. Man. Um, and he, he does have flashes, they, you know, of, you know, dropping back, you know, five-step drop, three-step drop in the pocket, having a good base. And like that one to Josh Downs last week, you know, over the middle of the field, just that was, was a complete dart. Phenomenal, yeah, phenomenal throw. And he did that in the pocket. It's just getting that kind of stuff consistently that I think once he's able to learn to do that stuff on a consistent basis and play within the structure of an offense, and that's something I expect him to do too, just because of how much he studies and stuff like that. You know, he'll start learning. It's still very early. But once he does that, this dude's a problem. Like, I don't know how you defend him. Because uh, right now, I mean, he's just – he's still – even though this was the first game he actually, you know, was able to play the whole way through. And, I mean, he gives you a chance every week. Like, you're – like, you can be down 23 to nothing, and you're not out of the game. And the last time 
we had a quarterback that it felt like that was when Andrew Luck was playing. You you could be down 40 points and you could be going into the end of the third quarter and you still just believed. Like, you know, like we're not out of this as long as number 12 is back there. And you're starting to get that same feeling with this kid is, you know, we're we're never out of a game when number five is under center. Or not even under center. Yep. But you know what I mean. He doesn't when play he's, a lot yeah, when he's in that game. But, but whenever he's in the game, man, like you, you're just never out of the game with him. And never. That's generally the feeling you get when you have a special, a special play. Yeah. It, it's one thing to discuss that and believe that in August, but when you actually see it on the field, it's like, man, that 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 just hits home even more. That belief deepens. It, it gets. It grows larger. And I'm not going to fault Anthony Richardson. I mean, he got plenty of opportunities at the end of the fourth quarter to, to take that game. I'm not going to fault him for not doing that. That was the first time he he played in that situation. If anything, that's a learning curve. Like, man, you keep giving guys in the NFL that chance. You might get away with it in college, in the SEC. Now, the SEC is tough, but not there's, there's not many Matthew Staffords in the SEC. So you might get away with that. But in the NFL, you got to take those. You got to take... When you get that ball and that defense works hard to get you that ball, go and score. That, that's a learning curve for that team. And, again, this is a young team. They're, they're learning how to win games, and they're learning what loses games, and they got to learn how to win games. So I, I, I don't I don't fault it one bit. Coming away from that game is just like, man, Matthew Stafford and the Rams were telling the Colts to win this game. And Matthew Stafford just got one more too many chances to win that game, and he did it. So that's just a learning curve for this team. Anthony Richardson got to sit back and see, man, okay, that's how it's done. That's what we got to do. So, so, so I'm, I'm excited. You're excited. We're all excited about what Anthony Richardson can do. And this is going to be another big test for, for him and this offense. It's, I guess you could say, what, a true rivalry? I think the Colts and Titans really dislike each other much more than what the Colts and Texans and the Colts and Jaguars do. It's going to be a little bit more pep in, in everybody's step. Hopefully he doesn't get hit, but if he does get hit, there might be a little bit more thump to it. Might be a little bit more thump. Again, hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he stays clean, has a clean jersey, nothing on it. So I think with all this blabbering we're doing right now, we should jump into predictions, see where we're going with this one, all right? I'll go first on this one, okay? I am I'm going to go with the Colts. Like I, like I said in my last uh, paragraph. I think this is going to be a bludgeoning game. I think both teams are going to come into this game fired up. I think they're going to be fired up about, oh, well, you got these changes going on. We have these changes going on. We're still the Tennessee Titans. They're going to, the Colts are going to say, we got Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson now. So what are you going to say? I think we're going to see improvement from the offense. I think we're going to see them get better at taking a game. There's going to be a moment in the fourth quarter where they have the ball the tie ball game and they're going to say hey let's go let's go get in position to win this game they're going to make plays and Matt Gay's going to going to win it and the defense is going to come up with a big stop so give me the Colts I'm going to go 27 to 24 yeah um there's just a few things in this game that worry me um one the fact that the Titans have seemed to have the Colts number you know for years which of course this is a completely new team new coach all this stuff. So you can kind of throw all that out the window. But at the same time, like I said, the Colts haven't won a game at home in seven games, seven straight losses at home. They haven't beat the Titans, I believe, in the last, you know, since what, 2021 was the last win. So they've lost the last three or four to the Titans. Um, and, and even then, you know, I, I didn't, I don't think they won in 2020 either. So I think they're like one in four against the Titans in the last, or one in, Oh, I think I, they won in 2020. They uh they won that Thursday night game when it was like a blowout. And then the and then the other game was when Danico Autry and DeForest Buckner had COVID and they missed that game. Gotcha. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but that that kind of is is my point is you know the Titans have really seemed to have the Colts number and the Colts are not been good at home. And the biggest worry of all is if Bernard Ryman and Quiddy Pay missed this game. Um, cause that's a, you know, Quiddy Bay, I think with the addition of Dio Dangbo and the way he played last week, which was just phenomenal. I think you can kind of mitigate that a little bit, especially if Buck plays, but man, 
Blake Freeland, you missed Bernard Ryman immensely last week. Uh, you could definitely tell uh, <laughs> Bernard Ryman was not out there. And granted, you know, you're not always going to be lined up one on one against Aaron Donald on an island and expect to win because that's going to happen to 99% of the players, you know, offensive linemen in the NFL. But the matchup, you know, although it does get a little bit easier, it's still not going to get much easier because this is a really good Titans defensive line. And having Ryan Kelly back, I think, helps. But man, if Bernard Ryman doesn't play, I really worry about the run blocking and the pass blocking of the left tackle spot. Um, and I think just not having a solid left tackle option is a recipe for disaster for an offense. I mean, we've seen, you know, how many games did Eric Fisher just completely just wreck, um, you know, just by himself where the rest of the offensive line played good, but because that left tackle spot could not get it under control. I mean, it just wrecked the entire offense. So Dude, that Monday night game against the Ravens is what comes to mind. When I think of that, you were literally controlling that game. You're inside the five and Carson Wentz gets sacked, fumbled and the Ravens go on to win that yeah, game. Like, yeah, And it's just over like that. So yeah, yeah, I'm really worried if Blake Freeland plays. Um, that's not to say I think Blake Freeland's going to be a bad player, but, I mean, he's trained all offseason on the right side. He was very raw when he was drafted. I mean, he this should have been a guy that, you, you know, you put on the practice squad and, and, you know, just let get those those reps and stuff to develop. You know, I really would have loved to see them go out and sign a veteran swing tackle, but they didn't. And so now we saw last week it kind of played a big role in that loss. And I'm worried this week's kind of be more of the same. So the combination of, you know, the Titans just having the Colts number, the Colts not being good at home. And if Bernard Ryman's out, I think it'll be a hard fought game, but I think the Titans find a way to pull this one out. And um, it's, it sucks to say that I pray to God I'm wrong. Um, and, and look, if I'm wrong, if you want to like you guys ever have a problem with doing it, but if you ever want to come at me on Twitter and tell me how much I suck or comment down in the YouTube comments and tell me how wrong I am and stuff like that. I will gladly take that if, uh, if the Colts pull this game off. But uh, right now, I just think the Titans just have a little bit more health on their side. And um, yeah, I'm going to pick the Titans to win this game. I think it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a hard fall game. I got Tennessee Titans winning 22 to 21. Ooh, 22. So so a lot of field goals, huh? A lot of field goals. A lot of field goals. Hey, that's a positive sign for the defense. You know, strong red zone defense, I, I hope. So that, like you say, man, Titans just have a little bit more health. Q, we have a Hulk. We have Anthony Richardson. Like, forget what you're talking about. We sure. I, I would love to. I would love to start the new era of, like, Andrew Luck dominance. But right, right. Anthony Richardson's just, like, you know, we fast forward, it's like, you know, eight, nine years in the future. And like Anthony Richardson's like 16 and 0 against the Titans. He's Bro, going, what was so, it? Yeah, 16 and 0. That yeah, is. I, w- I would love to start that trend this Sunday. Yeah, man. The older I get and the more understanding I have of sports is just you realize how incredible that type of run is. That's like, that's crazy. That is, that, that is crazy. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be. It's gonna be tough, and like you said, this is a young team that's yeah. They're still learning how to win games. And, yeah. Um, you know the Titans, for better or for worse, they've they've been battle tested. Ryan Tannehill. I mean, this has been the same team. Yeah. You know, I, really yeah. Derrick Henry, but uh, or not Derrick Henry, but um, oh gosh, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, obviously with the addition of him, it's a little bit different as far as the wide receivers look, but overall. And, you know, they've got the same main guys there and they've had the same head coach. So they're just a little bit more battle tested, a little bit more seasoned. Um, But I do think, like I said, if they if the Colts can just. I think you'll find out early if the Colts can win this game, I think within by the end of the first quarter going into the second quarter. I think it'll give you a good barometer of like kind of where this game's headed. Because if they just hit one, if you see in the first quarter, if they hit one of those explosive plays on this defense, to uh-huh. Pierce or Pittman or somebody, I, I think this is going to be a really good game. I, ho- I hope so. And that thing that you said about Blake Freeland, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, there, there's not going to be Aaron Donald, but 
he could be matched up with Jeffrey Simmons, especially if Titans come in and say, man, we're going to stunt all day long and create mismatches and try to confuse your raw left tackle. Like, that's just something like, oh, okay, but I hope my belief in Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson and, you know, mostly in Shane Steichen because, again, I don't want to put the weight of the world on Anthony Richardson yet, but... Man, we're going to find out this Sunday. I'm excited. There's a lot of sports things going on. You got boxing going on. You got college football. You have playoffs in baseball right now. Then the NFL. It's going to be a big weekend, man. Colts and Titans. Colts and Titans, man. It's going to be big time. So other than that, man, we're going to see again. We'll we'll see if Jonathan Taylor plays. If he does, huge bonus. If he doesn't. If he plays, I might change my prediction. Oh, uh -oh. Uh uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. I'm just kidding. I want. I'll. I'll uh, uh, You'll yeah. honor it. Yeah, it's it's locked in, so you know I can't change it. But can't that, can't change it, man. That's a big boost. That that'll be a big boost. But we'll we'll see. We'll get official word tomorrow or today, whenever you're listening to this. We'll get official word from Shane Steichen and see who's you know questionable, who's out, who's game time decisions or anything like that. We'll continue to see all that, guys. But don't forget to check out all our content that's going on at the Blue Stable. Our writers are putting in excellent work. They're writing about all kinds of stuff. And make sure you're checking us out on the on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff, guys. He is Landon. I am Michael. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blue Stable Podcast, and we will be back post-game on Sunday to discuss it all. We'll see you then. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.